grab your message notes this morning. We're going to continue uh, with our sermon series. We started uh, a number of weeks ago. It's entitled Rethink. It's a series of messages where we're, we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, which is based on Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is a teaching by, by Jesus himself, who's basically inviting, inviting us and, and all of his followers to rethink everything. Rethink everything that we do. Right? You have heard it said this, but I tell you, there's a new way to do it. It's, it's, it's an approach to life from a kingdom perspective, with kingdom eyes and, and doing kingdom things. So let me take you back, a glimpse in my uh, household growing up. Oldest of uh, six kids, three boys, three girls. Uh, my mother one time bought a, uh, a dino labeler, right? She wanted to label some of her mason jars because she, she liked canning jelly and different things. And so uh, brother and sisters, I got a hold of the labeler and began to label everything in the house, right? This is a refrigerator. This is a door. This is the, the cat's dish. This is, and put labels all over the entire house. My mom didn't like that because we used all the labels up, but we had fun. And maybe you've done something like that. Maybe you've labeled folders or files, but we especially like to label people. You know, we look at people and we say, you know what? That person's a good guy or he's a bad guy. That girl's cool or, or she's a weirdo. Or, uh, and the labels that we put on people, unlike the, maybe the labels we put on the cat's dish, they stick. They, they stay. They don't, they don't peel off easily. Labels stick with us. In fact, you may remember some of the, the labels that were put on you as a, as a person growing up, as a young child. Maybe you were the brain or the, the jock or the, the jock or the, the nerd or the, the klutz. Maybe you were labeled skinny or fatso or ugly or four eyes or too short, too tall or loser. And the labels that, that, that were put on us still hurt, can't they? Right? And whoever said, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, that guy was an idiot. Well, I guess that's a label too. I shouldn't say that, right? But, but, but we just, I, d labels hurt. When we label people, we hurt people. And especially when, when labeling happens in a religious context. In fact, a lot of people see the church as nothing but a giant labeling society. We sit inside a church and we look outside and we say, they're sinful. People, they're, they're worldly. They're not spiritual. They're not, they're not good enough for us to come into our right, part of our clique, our club. We label people. We separate people into categories based on our own judgment. And this becomes a real problem. That's why Jesus spent a lot of time on the Sermon on the Mount talking about judging people. Because Jesus Christ knew that we would probably struggle with this as one of the greatest temptations of religious people. To, to label others. It's a temptation. And it may be long after stealing or lusting or some of those other sins have, have no longer become real attractions to us. We still are going to be tempted to judge people. In fact, I would venture to guess that most of us would, would be tempted to criticize other people on, on our deathbed in the hospital. And I see the way that nurse looked at me. You see, oh, I'm ringing the thing and she's not coming. Or the doctor was rude to me. And we... we judge people. 
And Jesus says clearly, do not judge or you too will be judged. So I want to talk about that topic this morning. First, we need to define though, what does Jesus mean by do not judge? What does that even mean? I mean, if we think this through, right? Do not judge. Doesn't that mean that we should never try and discern anything ever about anyone's words or actions? Never make any assessments about anybody's abilities or anybody's attitude or anybody's conduct. Judge not, Jesus said, right? He said, never try to determine if you're being corrupted or conned or deceived by anyone. When the customer tells you for the fourth time, hey, the check is in the mail, you say, okay, smile and say, sure, because Jesus said to us, don't judge, and I'm not gonna judge you. When the TV preacher for example, promises you health, wealth, and, and, and popularity. If you just send me a big check, you get your checkbook out and you write a big old check. And Because remember, the Bible says, do not judge, right? And when the thief, the criminal, says, hey, uh, can I uh, come into your house when you're not there and just, uh, just look around? And he says, sure, your word is good enough for me because the Bible tells me to do not judge. So sure. Or what about when... A friend of yours is starting to get into some destructive behavior with drugs or alcohol. Another friend suggests that you intervene to try to help them, maybe put them into recovery. And you say, well, I'm not going to do that because that would be judging. And Jesus said not to judge. Well, now, wait a minute. That just can't be right. Because Jesus also said other things elsewhere that are contrary to judge not. For example, a couple minutes later in the same sermon, there are other verses that tell us things like, watch out for false prophets. Watch out for those preachers and teachers who are not preaching the word of God. Watch out because those, some of them may be false teachers. And he says, those people will come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. And by their fruit, you will recognize them. So Jesus is saying that when it comes to preachers and teachers, when it comes to, to me, your pastor, he says you should be discerning. He tells you that, that you had better just not listen to whatever words I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling to you, but you should turn up your critical faculties. Just turn them up on high because there will be some teachers who are false. So be careful. Listen, I've heard them. You've heard them. You've seen them. Judge me by the gospel that I'm preaching. Judge me and judge others by the fruit of their lives, by the fruit of their doctrine. Understand this. In the world, there are false teachers. There are preachers who are not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're preaching some prosperity gospel or some other gospel is diluted from what scripture truly tells us. So be careful, Jesus said. Watch out, Jesus said. In Matthew 10, 16, he says to all of his followers, be as shrewd as snakes, but as harmless as doves. He says, I want you to have your, your critical faculties working in overdrive. You know, right? Pay attention, be, be shrewd. Or later in the Bible, 1 John 4, 1, the apostle Paul says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone into the world. Test the spirits. Be careful. Be discerning here. Now, there are a lot of other places in the Bible I could, I could easily point to where it sounds like God expects us to do exactly the opposite of 
judging. But he wants us to be a highly discerning person. He does not mean for you to be foolish. He doesn't want you to be naive. But when Jesus says, judge not, what he's talking about here, what he means is he doesn't, he's talking about don't be presumptuously deciding to pass judgment on someone just without considering all the facts, right? I'm not gonna judge you when I don't know a whole lot about you. I can't determine what, why you're doing the things that you're doing, why you're saying what you're saying. And when we judge people, when we unfairly criticize people, it's, it's unjust, it's unkind, it's unfounded, it's extremely unchristian-like, but it's very common today. When Jesus says, judge not, what he's really saying is don't label people. Don't engage in hasty, hostile, recreational labeling of people. They're dumb. They're ugly. You, you, you see the way that person's eating? Oh, they must be, they are, they look. Stop. Because that contradicts grace. And Jesus is saying that kind of thing has to stop. Do not judge. Or before you criticize someone, there are, there are four main principles I want to talk about this morning. So before you judge, before you criticize anyone, Consider these four principles. You can, they really break down the Sermon on the Mount. And the four principles, I want you to remember these, I want you to hear these, so write these down in your notes. First, here's the first one. First is the principle of reflection. The principle of reflection, right? Looking in the mirror. In other words, what you say to others is reflected back to you. This is fascinating to me. Jesus is saying that I'm going to be judged by the same way that I judge others. He says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 2, he says, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. And he's not talking about some future divine retribution that you have to wait for. In fact, I read in Time Magazine about this political situation. It says that there's what we call the boomerang effect. The boomerang effect. It says when you start digging up dirt on someone else, the general public begins to suspect you of the same thing. Well, I dug up in the past, this person lied. Well, you probably lied too. Well, this person didn't always follow through with their commitments. Well, you probably didn't follow through with all your commitments either. Well, well, this person at one point struggled with money. Well, at some point you struggle with money. It's this reflection. It comes back to you. Your accusations, your criticism, oftentimes are reflected right back to you. You're a liar. Well, kind of so are you sometimes. And it's human nature. And Jesus said it 2,000 years ago. People will judge you with the same criticism. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you feel when someone else forms a hasty opinion about you that's wrong? Right? They make a claim, they label you, and it's a wrong label. But they go on to disseminate that to all your friends and all your family members, and you can't get all of that back. You can't take it back. How does that make you feel? Probably not too good, right? So why don't we be more careful? Because we're doing the same thing when we hastily judge others. We're hurting them. We're so quick to criticize. And we're all guilty of judging people uh, because it's so easy to do. 
John 7, 24 tells us, do not judge by appearances, but judge by right judgment. Don't judge by appearances. That's how we all judge, right? Look at how they look. Look at the face that they made. Look at the way they, they waved to me. They didn't even, they didn't even use their, what? We argue and, and criticize about so many things. And here's the problem. We never know the whole facts or the whole person or all the details or all the circumstances or situations they might be in. That person brushed right past me. Do you know why they brushed past you? Do you know why they're in such a hurry? Or are you just gonna assume that they're just rude and mean and totally obnoxious? We don't know everything. Only God, only God has the full knowledge of a person's inner life, their history, their sufferings, their motivations, their influences, their intentions, their struggles, et cetera, et cetera. We don't. And even if we knew, even if I knew all the details about a person's life, it's still, still too far complex for me to interpret, for me to render any kind of judgment. And since it's impossible, for any person to be strictly impartial on the judgment of others, the accurate causes harm to people. I can't be impartial. I can't figure everything. Even if you told me everything that's going on, I still can't make a good assessment possibly without doing you harm. And that's why God has reserved the judgment of people to himself. Judging others is not your job. It's not my job. It's God's job alone. So when you're tempted to judge someone too quickly, there's always a story behind it. And can we not agree that on the basis of God's word, that it'll be wise to follow the counsel of Jesus in our lives? Can we not agree to whisper to ourselves when we're about to criticize, we say, wait, wait, wait. Maybe I don't know all the details. Maybe I don't know all the person's going through. Maybe they appear distracted because they just got terrible news. Or maybe this has happened. We don't know the story. So what if we wait when we're tempted to label someone, we're tempted to criticize somebody? We have this principle of reflection. It comes right back to us. And secondly, the second uh, principle here is next is a principle of inspection. Inspect yourself first. I must judge myself before judging others. Jesus says it this way. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plaque, plank, the two by four in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a, a plank, a board in your own eye? You hypocrites. First take the board out of your own eye, then you will clearly see to remove the speck from your brother's eyes. He spends a lot of time in a very short sermon talking about this topic. Jesus is saying, listen, you're talking about taking specks out of people's eyes. Be really, really careful because eye surgery is risky business. The picture he's creating here is this blind optometrist, right? And he's got this, somebody with a, a two by four duct tape to their skull. And he's, he's got this patient in his waiting room sitting in a chair. And he's standing there with a pair of tweezers. And he says, well, okay, hold on just a minute. You got something in your eye. Let, let me help your vision. I want to help you see clearly. Let me fix this thing. It's an absurd picture. The guy's got a, a two by four on, on his eye. How can he see to do anything? 
Jesus is saying, you realize how ridiculous it is for people like us, fragile, failable, sin-prone people try to fix each other's lives. Well, let, me, let me get that out of there. I got my own stuff going on. I, I'm trying to fix your problem. I got problems on my own, right? Jesus says, whenever you're tempted to get out a pair of tweezers, right, and go after someone else's little problems, push the pause button and first remind yourself how dark some parts of your own soul are how parts of your own life may be, how blinded we become to our own depravity of sin. We can often see the sin in other people's lives, right? I see all the faults in others, but I don't see my own. I'm blinded to the own sin that I have. And maybe, just maybe, that splinter you see in someone else's eye is caused from the log that was in your eye. It's the principle of reflection. It's a principle of inspection. Check yourself before you start nitpicking on me. Maybe check yourself. Remember when Jesus says that we're to take the speck out of their eye. Don't don't rub it in to your brother's eye. Don't cause pain. Because remember, here's the goal. And write this down. Here's the goal. The goal is restoration, not excommunication. Right? Don't get rid of them. Don't, don't, don't erase them. We want to restore them. So whenever you feel yourself ready to, to pounce on someone, to label someone, to, to criticize someone, to, to shame them, Jesus said, first ask yourself, okay, hold on. Have you ever done or said or thought about doing the very same thing? And I have to tell you that most of the time for me, I've thought about or done the very same thing or worse. I'm gonna criticize you for for being lazy. Well, I've been lazy too. I'm gonna criticize you for, and I've done the same thing. The Lord indicated that we become most critical of that in others, which is a problem for, for ourselves. I see a problem in you that's really a problem in me. We criticize others oftentimes for our own weaknesses. We see in others most quickly what the Spirit of God condemns in us. We simply divert the attention off of us onto somebody else. I hear so oftentimes, oh boy, I wish so-and-so would have been here to hear this sermon. You know who really needs to hear this sermon? Yeah, us. We, we do. But we often hope this message wants to bounce off us because I don't want it to affect me, but my neighbor really needs this one, right? My wife or my husband or my kids or my, right? This is for us. It's for us. We have the problem. And he says, Jesus is saying, ask yourself, is the only reason you're attacking someone else, the only reason you're criticizing them or label them is to make yourself feel bigger, better, smarter, more, more holy, more holy, more important than others? Is that why you're doing it? And if so, that's a really dark thing. It's a really dark thing and it's really wrong and just don't do it. Be a bigger person. Be bigger, don't be little. Do you get it? Be big, don't be little. Okay. So here we go. The principle of self-inspection, the principle of reflection, third one, third principle, the principle of selection. Selection. Select carefully those that you might criticize. 
Now, I want to be careful here because this is probably one of the most ignored verses in the Bible by Christians because it takes a lot of wisdom to know when to apply this. Here's the verse. Jesus says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs, for if you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. It's got to be the most ignored passage in the Bible. I think, though, that it reminds us that there is a time to speak and there's a time to be silent. When we're dealing with people who clearly show that they are incapable of approaching and appreciating spiritual things, then we should not expose them to the deep truths, the deep truths of God's holy word. When we're dealing with people who are hostile, who are irrational, we should not discuss the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Nor should we speak of God's marvelous grace because such people will only trample those precious pearls of grace underfoot. This is why I don't waste my time in argument and debating with atheists and agnostics and Jehovah's Witnesses and, and Mormons or any person who would deny that, that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, that is the only way of salvation, who deny that, that Jesus' blood is the only cleansing power to wash away the sin of the world, to enter into foolish, hear me, foolish conversations with such people trying to argue or convince them to, 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 to understand the truth of God is to me casting pearls before swine. It's giving what is sacred and holy to, to people that aren't worthy of it, right? I mean, listen, everybody's worthy of the gospel. Let me be real clear about this. But there are certain people who may not be able to or unwilling to receive the message that the church is offering to the world. Let me, let me give you an example of this. I had a person in my life who was incredibly educated, right? M numerous master's degrees and loved to talk to me about spiritual, loved to talk to me about the Bible. So I listened, this is great. You want to learn. I want to teach you. Ask me anything. So we would literally spend hours talking and discussing. And then I realized that he didn't really want to learn. He wanted to just to eradicate my, my, my arguments, to make fun of me, to, to say the Bible was nonsense and it wasn't true, to, to make fun of God. And I'm, I'm trying to explain things and give him these precious pearls and he's trampling them. God loves you and I don't believe that. And just, I'm, 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 I realized, listen, I'm wasting my time here. I understand people are not argued in, tricked in, you know, convinced, argued in the kingdom of God. They're loved in the kingdom of God. And if this person truly wants to learn and truly wants to know about the Bible and Christ and, and the cross, I'm more, I'll spend days with them. But not if they're just going to trample and make fun of and, and just ridicule me and, and make fun of my faith. Jesus said, don't waste time doing that. That's not time well spent. So there will always be those to whom the preaching of Christ is foolishness. Even though they're perishing, it's foolishness. They can't accept the truth of the gospel. But hear me, I want to be real clear here. Even when it may be impossible to talk to them or not, not productive to talk to them, you can always love them. It's always possible to show others the real love of Christ through living your faith every day in front of them, right? Again, if you can't talk to your friends about Jesus, Talk to Jesus about your friends. You can still love people. 
You can love them. So here, here's the principle when critiquing people. We should concentrate on the receptive. Just concentrate on the receptive. Those, those bright-eyed people, those, listen, I want to learn. I want to grow. I'm a sponge. Ask me questions. I want to learn from you. I want to grow from you. But don't throw your pearls before swine. So here's the first three principles, right? Self-reflection, inspection, selection. Does that mean I can never correct sin? Does that mean that when my brother or sister is starting to walk away from the church and, and do destructive things, or my, my, my friend is, is having a, an affair, a disastrous affair, I'm supposed to just, just let it go, right? Not say anything, just be quiet? Of course not. That would be the unloving thing to do. We are to confront sin, but the Bible says clearly how to do it. You're gonna wanna write these things down. When you're talking about sin, when you're dealing with sin with another person, first deal with the sin tenderly. Deal with it tenderly. And I put the scripture reference there in your notes, but I, I wanted to share with you the first part of, of Galatians 6.1. Galatians 6.1, listen to this. It says, brothers or sisters, if one of you is caught in sin, then you who are spiritual should restore them gently. Gently, lovingly. People are loved in the kingdom of God. Right? We don't go and make fun of them. We don't, we don't hurt them more. I mean, to heal them and help them get better. We don't hurt them. We don't make fun of them. We don't say, boy, you blew it, man. You messed up. God's mad at you. God's disappointed in you. No, no. God loves you. You, you confront, deal with sin tenderly. We don't hurt them more. You deal with it tenderly in a loving manner. Next, deal with sin carefully. Carefully is the next line. Second part of Galatians 6.1 says this, watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Right, so if I'm going to go to talk to someone about who's having trouble in the marriage, I got to be careful. I don't start complaining about my own marriage, right? Or how oftentimes do people, you know, talking to a friend about drinking say, well, I'll just have one. And they start drinking themselves too. You got to be careful, right? Sin wants to again envelop you. So you got to be careful because who you associate with. If you hang around people who are continually living in sin, you're going to be tempted and you may fall into that yourself. So Jesus said, watch it, right? You got to be careful there. Deal with sin carefully. It's not a plaything. Be serious about it. Next, deal with sin privately. Deal with it privately. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 15, if your brother sins against you and shows you show him his faults just between the two of you. Let me repeat that. If your brother or sister sins against you, Go and show them their faults just between the two of you. Now, that's not labeling because it's just the two of you. It's done privately when you're talking these things over. Only in the most extreme cases should those things ever be made public. And let me say this, please, I'm asking you. After this message, please don't tell me that somebody that you know is doing something and you think that someone should go talk to them about it, right? I am not the sin cop. That's not my job. We're a family here, right? We're brothers and sisters. And it's up to all of us to encourage and exhort one another. If you see someone doing something wrong, go to that person. You go to that person privately between the two of you 
because that's what Jesus did. Don't ask me to do it. Don't ask 10 other people to do it. Well, you know what so-and-so is doing? And finally, one person gets fired up. Well, I'm going to go say something to them, right? I'm going to go. I'm not the most spiritual, but I'll go and tell them and I'll let them have it. No, no, no. That's labeling. There's a major difference between saying you are an evil person or you have done an evil thing. Jesus tells us not to judge people, but, but address sinful behavior tenderly, carefully, privately. If you see someone doing something wrong, talk to them about it. You talk to them, not all your friends, you and that person. And lastly, deal with it mercifully. Deal with it mercifully. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 7, 8 is a great passage. In fact, I starred those in my notes. Look this up later. It's a great verse. I'll share it with you here now. This is Paul talking to a church. And the church found someone in a sexual sin and they excommunicate and they kick them out of the church. So you're doing sin, but can't have anything to do with you. Listen to Paul's words here of instructions. They're so wise. Listen to this. Paul says this, 2 Corinthians, talking to the church, it was good that you recognized what was wrong. That was good. You saw sin, you recognized it, that was good. Now instead, rethink this, right? Instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him so he will not be overwhelmed by an obsessive sorrow. I urge you therefore to reaffirm your love for him. Listen, when you've got a friend, you've got a family member who's done something, don't just, I can never have a relationship with you again, right? Right. Love them, call them, talk to them, say, listen, listen, I don't hold that against you, right? I'm praying for you, I love you. I want a relationship with you. And we deal with sin, we deal with it carefully, tenderly, privately, mercifully, because God wants to get people back on the right track. He loves people, he wants people to get on the right track. And I see so many friendships and family broken because of this. They did one thing, they lied to me one time, we can never deal with them, never trust them again, right? No. Principle number four here. You have one, two, and three, but you need four. Four is this, the principle of reconnection. The principle of reconnection. Reconnection, right? And what I mean is that we need to reconnect with how God treats us. So we remember how we are to treat others. We must reconnect with God's mercy to us, right? Jesus says, which of you, if his son asks for bread, gives him a stone? If they ask for bread, you're going to give him bread, right? Or he asks for a fist and you give him a snake. I'm not going to give my kids something that's going to harm them. And if you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Why am I putting these verses in a message about judging and criticism. Listen, I'm, I'm gonna close this thing up. But I really believe that a lot of our judgmental attitudes we have have to do with our perception of God. We don't really understand God's grace and so we don't know how to give out grace. But if we see our heavenly father as one who gives good gifts to his children, again, who's not mad at us? Who's not disappointed us? Who's not labeled us? who's not a lost cause, but says, I see potential. I see a great, beautiful creation there. I see my son, I see my daughter, and I wanna bring them home. His heart breaks for those prodigal sons and daughters to bring them home, and he wants to give them good gifts. And when we see that, it should make a difference. 
Because really the bottom line is this. Here's the bottom line. When I understand God's grace, I can give God's grace. When I begin to understand how much God loves me, how much God is not holding my sin against me, God's not criticized, not critical of me, he's not labeled me, he loves me. When I begin to understand that, I can then begin to love and, and care for other people. Labels don't matter. And I don't want to judge people. And I don't want to criticize people. In fact, here's my last two slides. They're this. When we judge or criticize another person, it really says nothing about that other person. It merely says something about our own need to be critical. Maybe the problem we see in them is the problem in us. Let me get my tweezers out and see that little problem. Maybe the problem is the big log in your eye. We're far too quick to hastily judge people. And lastly, here's a callback. Be big. Don't be little. Does putting people down really make you feel better? That's a bad thing. Maybe we need to rethink judgment, rethink criticism, and live life with kingdom perspective. Let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you for this difficult message that I needed to hear. Lord, give clarity, insight, strength to accomplish those things that we're dealing with today. Relationships matter. People matter, God. Help us not to do each other harms by being critical or by unfairly judging others. Give us a discerning spirit of wisdom. And Lord, help us today to rethink criticism. For your glory and honor, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.